Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week. And this week in data breaches was absolutely nuts, but it's always absolutely nuts. And uh, coming off my last, uh, you know, breaches of the week, you know, we're just going to keep on rolling here because there's a lot more this week, unfortunately, than there was before. But before we dive in, as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me this information, and that would be Jay Dance, Aaron Lax, Jacqueline Wolf, and Barrett Peterson. Guys, thank you very much, and please keep those tips coming. You know I'm going to give you a shout out here. So with that, let's start in India and talk about India's COVID-19 vaccination platform known as the COVID Vaccine Intelligent Network, or CoWin. Now, several media reports have shared posts from Twitter that personal data of vaccinated individuals were found accessible using a Telegram bot. Now, the bot was supposedly able to pull basically that data using uh, the mobile number or Aadhaar number, that is the 12-digit national identity number of India, of the individual person, <clears throat> excuse me, and get their information. Now, in a statement, basically the Indian government denied reports as, quote, without any basis and mischievous in nature. Co-win portal of the health ministry is completely safe with adequate safeguards for data privacy, end quote. Now, the ministry it has basically already um, engaged uh, CERT in, that is the computer response, emergency response team, of the country of India basically to look into this and all of that. And in their initial report, they pointed out that the backend database uh, for Telegram is not directly accessing the APIs that run the Cowin database. So here we are. So hopefully that is, you know, a non-starter. Moving on. <coughs> Excuse me. Because I'm under the weather today. We are going to basically talk about Move It. Now, we're going to, this is basically the big update. This is one of those massive supply chain data breaches where everybody is disclosing. And the past week has been no different. We have seen the Oregon, Oregon Department of Transportation for three and a half million driver's licenses or state IDs getting hit. The Louisiana, Louisiana Office of Motor Vehicles for six million driver's licenses and state IDs. California Public Employees Retirement System for two million. Johns Hopkins, we don't know the size of that one. The University System of Georgia, the New York City School System for 45,000 students, and the Health Service for the entire country of Ireland. So, obviously, this is a huge problem. We're going to continue to see move it uh, breaches. And, like I said, we're not done talking about them, but here we go. The next one up is the Fortra Go Anywhere. Again, another update which essentially is running neck and neck right now with Move It for worst data breach of the year. And so with that, we're talking about the disclosures of the University of Toledo Medical Center, <laughs> Saks Fifth Avenue, the luxury clothing retailer, Procter & Gamble, uh, Nation Benefits, UPMC, which I believe is the University of Pittsburgh's medical center for 25,000 patients, and Cox Health Missouri for 203,000. So there you go. Heads up, Move It and Fortra Go Anywhere being a pain in the butt. Moving on, let's talk about the University of Manchester out in the UK because the ransomware operation behind the cyber attack against them has begun to email students warning that their data will soon be leaked after the extortion demand was not paid. Now the threat actors claim to have stolen, <coughs> excuse me, seven terabytes of data from the University of Manchester during a June 6 cyber attack in an email sent to students that was shared with the publication Bleeping Computer. Quote, we would like to inform all students, lecturers, administration, and staff that we have successfully hacked manchester.ac.uk network on June 6, 2023. 
And I continue to quote, we have stolen seven terabytes of data, including confidential personal information from students, staff, research data, medical data, police reports, drug test results, databases, HR documents, finance documents, and more and more. So there you go. Heads up to you, University of Manchester or anything, your data is about to get dumped. We don't negotiate with terrorists, but here we are. And once again, <coughs> excuse me. It is time for our mini segment, basically uh, entitled, you know, if you just paid a little bit of money, you wouldn't be getting sued. And so we're going to talk about the class actions and lawsuits that we are seeing around the world for data breaches. And the first one up is the Washington Department of Licensing. They just agreed to pay $6. million to resolve claims that they failed to prevent a 2022 data breach. And in order to receive your money, class members must submit a claim by October 9th of this year. So if you're in the state of Washington and you use the Department of Licensing, you're probably going to get paid. Moving on, let's talk about Mercy Health Network, also known as Mercy One Clinics. Now, the lawyers for Tiffany Harris of Clinton, Iowa, are suing Mercy One Clinics for negligence, breach of implied contract, and unjust enrichment due to a March 2023 data breach. Now, the lawsuit seeks unspecified damages and a court injunction that would help ensure patient information is kept confidential and protected from any future hacks. The lawsuit alleges that despite Mercy's duty to secure and safeguard personal information, the network had, quote, stored this private information on a database that was negligently and or recklessly configured. Uh, essentially, this is according to the lawsuit. Uh, also, Mercy, according to the lawsuit, failed to adequately encrypt the information and, quote, foreseeably cyber criminals exploited these vulnerabilities end quote so if you're in iowa and you use mercy one heads up you're probably gonna get paid moving on let's talk about capita and we knew this one was coming because that was a massive data breach earlier this year <laughs> basically law firms uh, the law firm for Barrings Limited, or excuse me, the law firm Barrings Limited has launched legal proceedings against the UK-based business process outsourcing company Capita on behalf of its clients who suspect that their personal data may have been compromised during this cyber attack earlier this year. Now, investigators um, and investigations by Barrings found alarming potential breaches of personal data including emails, home addresses, and compromised passports. The cyber attack also targeted pensions, which were administered through Capita's system. So there you go. If you or your organization has anything to do with Capita, here we are. And big surprise, big, big surprise. Guess who's getting sued? Progress Software the maker of Move It, the one we just talked about. Now, a handful of individuals affected by this basically law, basically this breach, have now filed a lawsuit seeking class action status against the new Bedford, Massachusetts uh, based Progress Software. Now, the plaintiffs, Siobhan Diggs, Brady Bradbury, or Brady Bradbury, Brady Bradbury, uh, and Christina Bradbury, wife, spouse, sister, not sure, accused Progress of having failed to, quote, properly secure and safeguard individuals' personal data, leaving them an increased risk of identity theft. Plaintiffs also, for the record, further accused Progress of failing to notify affected individuals in a timely manner, as well as failing to, quote, both properly monitor and properly implement data security practices, end quote, that would have better protected personal data and may have enabled the organization to, quote, have discovered the breach sooner. So I don't think this is the only legal filing we're going to see against MoveIt. The fallout is fast and furious when it comes to this one, and so we'll keep on rolling. The next up on the chopping block legally is Good Samaritan Hospital based in San Jose, California. California. 
They just paid an undisclosed amount to settle claims that the health system failed to prevent a June and July of 2020 data breach that compromised patients' protected health information. Good Samaritan Hospital has not admitted any wrongdoing, because of course not, but agreed to pay and settle uh, the breach. Now, under the settlement, <coughs> class members can receive up to $1,500 in cash for breach-related expenses. Those who experience extraordinary expenses can receive up to $5,000. Obviously, bring your receipts to prove that. And you will basically, they're also going to pay 459921 to make data security improvements. So if you're a patient at Good Samaritan in San Jose, there you go. Moving on, let's talk about the Cadwallader data breach because the plaintiff that brought a proposed class action against the New York law firm Cadwallader, Wickersham, and Taft claiming that basically they were at fault for exposing personal data during a November 2022 cyber attack voluntarily dismissed their lawsuit this past Thursday. Now, if I recall, Cadwallader, which I did talk about a while ago, I believe is the oldest operating law firm in the United States. Now, Ohio-based attorney Patrick Parati <coughs> dismissed his lawsuit with prejudice in a new filing in the Southern District of New York. The claims of the, quote, putative uncertified class, end quote, are dismissed without prejudice, according to the filing. Uh, lawyers for Parati declined to comment. Cadwallader also did not re uh, request, <coughs> excuse me, also did not comment as well. I think my allergies are going nuts today, so I really do apologize, but the show must go on here. So I hope you're still tuning in for the record. Now, on top of that, um, we are now talking about, and the next one up is Don Roberto Jewelers. I remember talking about them a few months ago. They just agreed to a $4 million settlement, which followed a 2021 data breach, which exposed the personal information of 185,000 of their customers. They have 90-some stores, and they are based in California. The deadline to submit a claim is June 26, which is literally tomorrow, uh, Monday, June 26. So if you are Don, a uh, member or uh, a patron of Don Roberto Jewelers, and you got caught up with this, go get your money. Moving on. Let's talk about creative services. They just agreed to pay $1.2 million to resolve claims that they failed to present a prevent a 2021 data breach that compromised sensitive employee and consumer information. The settlement benefits consumers and creative service employees who use those services um, and whose personal uh, identifying information was potentially accessed by a third party in November of 2021. Plaintiffs in the class action basically claim, obviously, that they failed to protect the data and have good cybersecurity controls. And you've got until August 10th as a class member, potentially, to submit a claim. So there you go. Heads up if you use creative services or were employed by them. And those are the, basically the segment, uh, you know, those in the segment of if you just paid a little bit more, you, you wouldn't have had to pay out for a class action or pay more to just secure yourself. I mean, for God's sakes, it's not really hard. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about the Onyx Group in Pennsylvania. They operate commercial real estate and provide management and consulting services. They suffered a ransomware attack that resulted in a healthcare data breach, and the breach basically impacted 319,500 individuals in total. And because of them, they basically have a supply chain uh, awareness hit too, because their customers are now essentially uh, declaring. And so we are talking about uh, Addiction Recovery Systems, Cadia Healthcare, Physicians Mobile X-Ray, and Onyx Hospitality group. So heads up to you. If you have anything to do, the odds are they'll probably be part of the class action breach mini segment at some point, which may have just become its own thing at this point. They kept getting longer every week. Uh, moving on, let's talk about the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare, Welfare, or DHW. They announced that on April 18th, there was a data breach of their systems. A person gained access to the payment account of a Medicaid health 
healthcare provider and that may have exposed the identification numbers, names, dates, and dates of services and billing codes for 2,501 people on Medicaid. So heads up to you if you're in Idaho and use the Department of Health and Welfare for your medical needs and Medicaid. Moving on, let's talk about the Mondelez Group. On June 15th, they basically informed 51,110 current and former employees that their third party, uh, that a third party that was trusted with their personal identifiable information was extracted during a data breach after an unauthorized party gained access to employee data entrusted to that company, according to um, Mondelez. Now, I do not know who that third party is, uh, but apparently this breach happened February 27th through March 1st. It was discovered on February 27th, and they were notified on March 24th of this year. On May 22nd, they were able to determine that this data breach resulted in names, addresses, social security numbers, dates of birth, marital status, gender, employment ID numbers, and Mondelez retirement and or thrift plan information. So heads up to you, employees, former or otherwise, of Mondelez. Moving on, let's talk about Zach's uh, Zach's investment research again. So here's what's happening. They basically recently declared a data breach, but apparently they had reportedly suffered an older previous undisclosed data breach that impacted 8.8 million customers with this database now being shared on a hacking forum. Now, the firm previously disclosed a data breach that occurred between November of 2021 and August of 2022, warning that an unauthorized, um, basically, attacker or intruder, not that an attacker would ever be authorized for the record unless you're paying for penetration testing. Anyway, an attacker authorized the personal and sensitive information of 820,000 customers. Now, the data breach notification service, Have I Been Pwned, listed an additional Zach's breach this weekend, this past weekend, after being sent a database containing 8.8 million user records. Now, uh, Have I Been Pwned's creator, Troy Hunt, talking to Bleeping Computer, said that this database appears to have been dumped around May 10th of 2020 before the previous breach. So here we are. It looks like intruders unauthorized attackers, if you will, were in their network for some time. Moving on, let's talk about the Australian national law firm HWL Ebsworth. On June 8th, the Elf V or Elf V uh, ransomware gang, also known as Black Cat, said that they released 1.45 of the four terabytes of data that they allegedly stole from the firm earlier this year in May. Now it's unclear exactly what information has been leaked, but it's understood that essentially what we are talking about here is uh, company data, including client documents, financial reports, accounting data credit card information, employee CVs, and IDs. Now, the Tasmanian government is one of the firm's clients, along with all major levels of government uh, throughout Australia and other major institutions as well. Also, this is the second time this year the Tasmanian government has had to face a data breach. There you go. The data belonging in that one to the Department of Education, Children, and Young People that was compromised in a third party, which I believe was a Fortrigo Anywhere data breach as well. Like I said, that one's a big one too. So the poor Tasmanians are not having a good year when it comes to protecting their data. Moving on. Let's head back to the United States and talk about the Des Moines Public School System. This is the largest school district in the state of Iowa. They disclosed that nearly 6,700 individuals had their data compromised following a January ransomware attack that resulted in the disruption of their network and internet services, according to Bleeping Computer. Attackers um, have demanded a ransom from Des Moines Public Schools, but the school district assured, uh, basically, that basically has assured the public that they will not pay because 
we're not going to do that. So here we are. Heads up to you. If you're a parent, student, or anything to do with the Des Moines public school system, your data might be out there. Moving on, let's talk about shipping giant UPS. That's right. One of the largest, if not the largest carrier in the United States. They are alerting their Canadian customers, so heads up Great White North, that some of their personal information may have been exposed via its online package lookup tools and abused in phishing attacks. Now, at first glance, the letter sent by UPS Canada, Sneaky Sneaky, titled Fighting Phishing and Smishing, an update from UPS, seemed to look like a warning and education for customers about the dangers of phishing. However, it turns out that if you actually read the thing, it was a data breach notification in the fine print with the company sneaking in a disclosure stating that they had received reports of SMS phishing messages containing the recipient's names and address info. So heads up, all my Canadian viewers or listeners, if you are using UPS, you might want to check in or if you're getting text messages from UPS, I probably wouldn't trust them. Moving on. Let's head on down to Brooklyn, New York, and talk about the Maimonides uh, Medical Center. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, I am sorry. Now, they began notifying 33,000 patients that their data may have been compromised during a recent attack. Apparently, on April 4th of this year, the hospital discovered that an attacker gained access to one of their computer servers, according to the notice posted on their website, Maimonides. I, I, again, pronouncing that, I think, right? They learned that the party had access to the server beginning on March 18th. Now, while the hospital said the attacker did not breach its EHR, um, that's electronic health records, the server stored patient data that may have included names, addresses, social security numbers, diagnosis, and treatment information, which is what you would find in an EHR. Now, the hospital said that they've added safeguards, et cetera, et cetera. And so heads up to you if you are using the Maimonides, Maimonides, uh, hospital in Brooklyn, New York. Again, I cannot pronounce words. If you're a longtime listener, you know this. Moving on, let's talk about the uh, Perlin Integrated School District in the great state of Texas. They are notifying current and former students that their private information may have been stolen during a data security breach last year, which may have affected as many as 55,000 students dating as far back as 2014. That's nine years. Now, Perlin ISD officials have verified their private information, including birth dates, addresses, medical information, and social security numbers may have been accessed by unauthorized individuals through a breach of its online security. So heads up to you, Perlin ISD, anything. Moving on, let's talk about LIDOS, because on June 9th of this year, LIDOS filed a notice with the Attorney General of Montana after learning that confidential consumer information in their possession was basically unauthorized it was accessed by an unauthorized person. Evidently, the breach involved vulnerability in a software created by Diligent Corporation, which I think I've talked about in the past. Now, based on their official filing, the incident resulted in an unauthorized party gaining access to consumer-sensitive information, though the exact data types were not provided. After confirming that consumer data was leaked, LIDOS began sending out data breach notifications to those that were impacted. Heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about the international chapter of the PEO Sisterhood. I have no idea what PEO means for the record, but if you are in the know you know. Now, on June 14th, the International Sister of the PEO Sisterhood, we'll just call them PEO, 
filed the notice of data breach with Maine's Attorney General after learning that a recent ransomware attack resulted in an attacker gaining access to confidential consumer information. Now, based on their filing, this incident resulted in an unauthorized party gaining access to consumers' names, dates of birth, social security numbers, uh, home phone numbers, financial account numbers, and email addresses. They've begun sending out notifications as well. So heads up, if you are any have anything to do with the international chapter of the PEO sisterhood, whatever that is. Moving on. Let's talk about car mount and mobile accessory maker iAudi. Now, they are warning, and that's O-T-T-I-E, not A-U-D-I like the car. Now, they are warning that its site was compromised for almost two months to steal online shoppers' credit cards and personal information. Sounds great. Now, in a new data breach notification issued yesterday, iAudi said that they discovered basically this on June 13th and that its online store was compromised between April 12th of this year through June 2nd due to malicious scripts. Now, quote, we believe criminal e-skimming occurred from April 12th through June 2nd. However, on June 2nd, during a WordPress slash plugin update, the malicious code was removed, end quote. That's according to their notification. Quote, nevertheless, they could have obtained your credit card information to purchase our clients' products online at www.iaudi.com. Nice plug in your data breach notification, kind of. Now, iAudi has not shared how many customers were impacted, but said the names, personal information, and payment information could have been stolen, including financial account numbers, credit and debit card numbers, security codes, PIN accesses, obviously expiration dates, PINs, all that fun stuff, passwords, you name it. So if you've used iAudi for all your car accessory needs... You might want to check in and probably change that credit card number. Moving on, let's talk about uh, the Bank of NY Mellon. Now, if you didn't know, BNYM is the world's largest custodian bank and security services company with approximately $16 billion in annual revenue. They currently maintain operations in 35 countries with $1.9 trillion in assets under management as of March of this year. Basically, they could buy and sell countries with that amount of money. Now, on May 13th, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Massachusetts after learning that confidential information had been entrusted, uh, that was entrusted to them, was leaked in what appears to be a third-party data breach. I do not know if that's MoveIt or Fortra or somebody else, but based on their filing, the incident resulted in unauthorized parties gaining access to consumer names and social security numbers. After confirming that consumer data was leaked, they began sending out data breach notifications as well. So heads up to you. If you bank with BNYM, there you go. Moving on, let's talk about the pilot credentials or pilot credentials. Now, this is an interesting one and a big one, I think, in its own right. Now, a third-party vendor is what pilot credentials are. They manage multiple airlines' pilot applications and recruitment portals. Now, an unauthorized individual gained access to pilot credential systems on April 30th of this year and stole documents containing information provided by certain applicants in the pilot and cadet hiring process. <clears throat> now, we're talking about personal information like names and social security numbers, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, dates of birth, airmen certificate numbers, and other government-issued identif identification numbers as well. And we already have two disclosures as a result of pilot credentials. And that would be American Airlines, which I believe is the largest carrier Carrier in the United States with 5,745 pilots being breached, as well as Southwest Airline uh, for 3,009 pilots having their data removed as well. So we are looking at almost 9,000 pilots and those across those two companies getting hit. Moving on. 
Let's head on down, or head on up, I should say, from where I am, to Idaho, and talk about Idaho Falls, I guess head on west as well, um, Idaho Falls Community Hospital, or IFCH, as well as Mountain View Hospital, or MVH, because they've just added banners to their respective uh, web pages saying that they have an IT issue that may have resulted in patients' confidential information being exposed to an unauthorized party. Now, based on their posts, which are literally identical, and I'm guessing they've got the same IT provider or they are under the same umbrella of corporations, the incident involved a cyber attack targeting the organization's systems. While both of them are still in the process of investigating the incident, either hospital, or rather if either hospital confirms this, they'll obviously be sending out notifications per HIPAA compliance. So heads up to you if you're an Idahoan, Idahoan, Idaho person? I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> but if you use Idaho Falls Community Hospital or Mountain View Hospital, heads up. Moving on, let's talk about First Bank of Puerto Rico. On June 8th, Mortgage Industry Advisory Corporation, or MIAC, filed a notice of data breach on behalf of First Bank of Puerto Rico after MIAC determined that a cyber attack targeting their infrastructure resulted in First Bank customer data being leaked. While neither MIAC or First Bank has confirmed the leaked data types, MIAC has begun sending out notifications. So if you're in Puerto Rico, or at least bank with First Bank Puerto Rico, heads up to you. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about the Henry Ford Health System. I'm going to go ahead and guess that's in Michigan, but I'm not sure. On June 6th, a notice of data breach involving Henry Ford Health System was filed with basically the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Civil Rights. Now, the incident involved unauthorized access to their cloud storage hosted by MScripts, which is a provider of mobile pharmacy solutions. And I talked about MScripts previously. Now, based on this filing, the incident resulted in unauthorized access uh, to uh, basically names, addresses, phone numbers, dates of birth prescription information, protected health information, and health insurance information as well. They have sent out notifications, so heads up to you, Henry Fourth Health System patients. Moving on, let's talk about Columbus Regional Healthcare System on June 9th. Reports began to surface about a possible data breach at their system. Evidently, the Daxon ransomware gang confirmed that they orchestrated a ransomware attack against that hospital system. And after North Carolina-based healthcare system, after the North Carolina-based healthcare system failed to meet the attack, uh, the hackers' demands, plans to leak an untold amount of confidential data was essentially in the works. Now, they have not yet provided a notice of incident to uh, patients yet. However, the hospital system confirms that patient data was leaked as a result of the ransomware attack, and they will begin sending out those notification letters. So heads up, Columbus Regional Healthcare System in North Kakalaka. Moving on, let's talk about DeUville University in the state of New York. Now, the Office of the New York Attorney General is reviewing information related to a data breach that happened at DeUville, which is believed to be a, the cause of also extensive Wi-Fi and internal network issues with this school this past semester. Now, network issues at DeUville included causing problems for assignments, tuition payments, graduation registration, and more. Students and faculty previously told local news that the outage affected the school's student portal called self-service and that the school's learning management system was also affected, known as K 
canvas. Now, a notice posted to the Office of Vermont Attorney General's website related to the breach said the incident took place on February 8th and potentially affected students' names and social security numbers. So heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about Alta Medical Management. I do not have the particulars of this one, but we already have clients declaring as a result of them, and that would be Pioneer Valley Ophthalmic Consultants, names, addresses, email addresses, and social security numbers, as well as payment card information and medical records were potentially taken. <clears throat> so heads up to you if your medical outfit uses Alta Medical Management, or if you are a customer, or I should say patient, of Pioneer Valley Ophthalmic Consultants. Moving on, let's talk about St. Tammany Parish in Louisiana, and this is interesting. Now, the St. Tammany Parish Clerk's Office is refuting a claim that basically there was a breach of the office's case management system. Now, the clerk of court Clerk of Court Melissa Henry said in an anonymous Facebook post claimed that the office's oddity system experienced multiple breaches. Okay, she said now, and this is kind of interesting, she said, and I'm just quoting verbatim the, the report here from Louisiana, she said the post assumed the office was using a version of Tyler sites that was vulnerable to other Tyler sites, which... I'm not 100% sure what that is, to be perfectly honest. I continue to quote verbatim. However, she said at the time of the alleged incident, the office was using an updated version of Odyssey Portal software that included security features designed to prevent the unauthorized harvesting of non-public records. Is there an authorized harvesting of non-public records for the record? So I'm not 100% sure what Tyler Sites is. Maybe it has something to do with this Odyssey Portal and they've updated it, but your guess is as good as mine. So if you're in St. Tammany Paris, in Louisiana, you're probably as confused as I am, but hopefully nothing happened and hopefully you're all good. Moving on, let's talk about Episource LLC because on June 2nd of this year, they filed notice of breach with California's Attorney General, learning uh, basically after learning that suspicious activity within their AWS or Amazon Web Services environment resulted basically in an unauthorized party being able to gain access to confidential consumer data. Now, based on their filing, what we are talking about are consumer names, dates of birth, address, phone numbers, medical records, health plan ID numbers, provider information, diagnosis, and medications. After confirming this, they've sent out notifications as well. So heads up, Episource patient. Moving on, and like I said, we just keep on rolling this this month, or this week, I should say. This is a week. All right, Parker Wellborn, because on June 16th, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Texas after learning that attackers gain access to confidential information entrusted to them. Now, based on their filing, what we're talking about are names, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, government-issued ID numbers, uh, financial account information, credit or, debit, credit, credit or debit card numbers, and medical information as well. They've also started sending out letters. Moving on, let's talk about the Hatcher Agency on June 16th. They filed a notice of uh, breach with Maine's Attorney General, and what we are talking about here is essentially... Um, uh, names, social security numbers, driver's license, contact information, dates of birth, health insurance information, and medical information as well. And so they've started sending out letters. So heads up to you, Hatcher Agency. And finally, 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 like I said, this was a long week. We're going to be talking about J.P. Morgan, one of the largest financial institutions, at least in America, and I believe the world. This is coming from Reuters. I think this is an important one. And I've heard some people post about this, or I've seen some posts about this. But we're going to dive in just a bit. So here's what's going on. J.P. Morgan Chase has been fined $4 million by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission 
after about 47 million emails belonging to its retail banking group were mistakenly and permanently deleted. The emails dated from January 1st through April 23rd of 2018, and they were deleted in June of 2019 from about 8,700 mailboxes. So we are talking about four-ish months of basically in 2018, including those belonging to as many as 7,500 employees who regularly worked with customers. Many of these emails were business records that essentially were required under SEC rules to keep for a minimum of three years. The default rule in terms of record retention always when we're dealing with SEC is keep it for seven years because you never know when they're going to change something or run afoul. It's called having a legal hold on your system. Now, the deletions occurred after J.P. Morgan's corporate compliance technology department, which had been trying unsuccessfully to delete some communications from the 1970s and 80s, sought help from an outside vendor managing the bank's email storage. Now, according to a cease and desist order, the vendor failed to properly apply the three-year retention setting to the quote-unquote chase emails from early 2018. Quote, as a result, the troubleshooting uh, exercise permanently deleted all of the emails in that domain from that period, which were not subject to legal holds. And this is according to the order. JP Morgan, which is based in New York, did not admit or deny any wrongdoing and agreed to that civil settlement. It's adopted its own email coding procedures to avoid future recurrences. Now, this is actually something that is incredibly important because I swim in compliance all the time, just given, you know, part of my job is in compliance and having this is incredibly sacrosanct. And the reason why the SEC wants data retentions is not because they're jerks or, or they, they're, they're just telling you to hold on to stuff and pay more money. What they are looking for in the longevity of data is patterns of malfeasance over time. Meaning if you're that executive at JP Morgan and you're ripping off the bank, uh, you know, and you've, you've got basically a transaction history, that transaction history needs to be saved as all transaction histories need to basically need to be saved as well. And so deleting three years is a very serious compliance violation. Uh, you know, and if it was even more egregious, they could potentially lose their license to do business, even though they are literally the largest bank here in the United States. It's probably not going to happen to JP Morgan. They've got an army of lawyers, but this is the point that we are making. Obviously, people are going to put on their tinfoil hats and say, okay, what malfeasance was happening between January, uh, you know, through April of 2018? that would require somebody to quote-unquote accidentally delete these kinds of emails. I'm not going there. Feel free to speculate all you want. I'm taking them at their word at this point, but this is what we are talking about here. If you have compliance standards, and I don't care if it's FFIEC, GLBA, uh, CUDA, if you're a credit union, or any of the other banking regulations, not to mention SEC, Sarbanes-Oxley, and, and a whole bunch of other financial regulations, not to mention healthcare retention policies, uh, you know, uh, credit card retention policies, et cetera, et cetera, You've got to make sure that you are basically uh, delivering to the letter of the law. And if you are looking at blowing away that much information, that much email, you've got to quadruple check that stuff. There is no you know, glib kind of thing. And we see on occasion where somebody just goes off the cuff and says, oh, yes, delete or execute without actually thinking about it when they pull the trigger. And that is a huge problem. So I'm just giving you this friendly advice. If your organization, corporation, entity, whatever it is, falls under some kind of government compliance, learn that government compliance, learn the data security rules, and also learn the data retention rules as well. Because if there are gaps in the data, when the regulators come knocking for whatever reason, God forbid, they're going to see those 
And that's going to be a problem for you because that's probably when you might have done malfeasance or that's what they're going to assume. And so make sure that you are doing this. And I'm sure that JP Morgan was very transparent when this happened. But again, you can put on your tinfoil hats or not. I'm taking them at their word for this. And here we are. And so those were your breaches of the week. A crazy, crazy week while I'm traveling. I apologize for just you know, my allergies or whatever it is for the beginning of this. But if you stuck through, I really appreciate it. And let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.